All right, and thank you for joining us for another episode of Bearded Bros Podcast. We're glad you could join us. We hope you enjoy this episode. As always, make sure you follow us on all the socials and remember to become one of those Patreon subscribers for, you know, super exclusive shit and to make the podcast a better podcast week after week or month after month or whenever we're doing this. We are going to be recording more, including a very special episode coming soon. So enjoy the episode and go ahead and become a Patreon subscriber. Thanks again, everybody, for listening. Cheers. And welcome to another episode of Bearded Bros Podcast, the podcast that comes out whenever. As always, I'm joined by my two bearded bros, Steve and Charles. How are y'all guys doing? What up? We're pretty, we're pretty good. We got a whole pack of crackers here. Perfect. To, to enjoy the podcast. Might make things interesting. Yeah, I can't wait to hear you try to talk. Um, by the way, guys, do y'all love the holidays? Yeah. Keith, you mean Christmas? I why mean are you holidays. Why are you fighting a war on Christmas by saying the holidays? Am I fighting a war on Christmas, or am no. I just being inclusive? Are you of the guy other that, people's cultures? Have you been in New York lately? Did you burn down the Fox News Christmas tree? I have not. With your holidays, like there's another part of the world besides underneath my Christmas tree. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm very excited about the holidays. Thanks for asking, Keith. I, I can tell you that one of my favorite holidays is Festivus. For and the rest of us. We, we've talked about possibly, we would have to do it probably next weekend, but doing a very special Festivus episode. We're going to podcast Feats of Strength. I mean, I yeah. I mean, I, I like to under-promise and over-deliver, Keith. We're, we're kind of on like a six-month rotation for podcasts, so next weekend sounds a little optimistic, but um, it could be, it would be fun. Yeah, it I thought Feats of family. Strength could be something along the lines of maybe some trivia. Oh. That could be, that could be cool. Brain I could like that. Strength. Mental Feats of Strength. All right, so why don't we just go ahead and jump into... What are you guys drinking tonight? How tiny my t-shirt is. Why is my t-shirt so tiny? I don't know. Shrunk. I've got a uh, Sweetwater Almond Milk Stout. Oh, I almost tried that in Atlanta last weekend. It's delish. It's a nice wintry beer for a nice 78 degree. It was like 85 today. 85. Yeah. Yeah, it was freaking muggy too. But it's good. I'm pretending it's winter. Delicious. It has milk stout notes. Even with almond milk. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. It was in the name, wasn't it? Charles, I can't hear you. For our podcasters, we've never done this before. Someone might. But you can unmute it. You don't need me. I'm not the, I don't have to own the button. Well, what'd you do? I, I was getting up because I didn't know we were doing beers yet, and I didn't have the beer oh. I was going to review, so I was trying to be polite, and I muted it. Oh, okay. After two years of Zoom meetings, you, <laughs> I, thought, I would think you guys would have this under control. I thought it was a button on the mic. Oh, you're, you're <laughs> trying to push the label? Yeah. 
<laughs> Sorry. Okay. Repeat everything you just said. It's about delicious. punctuation. No, you yeah. were like you went into a rant about how people don't use commas or something. Well, yeah, I didn't know if it was an almond milk style or an almond milk style. So uh, yeah, I don't know. It's good. Yeah, that's all I have to say about that. It's got some stouty notes. Is it good? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm willing to believe it's like an almond-flavored milk stout because they don't really make almond lactose sugar. Well, they don't even really put milk in them when they make them. They put lactose, right? Right. Yeah, and any kind of like solid suspension would ruin the carbonation. So, And that's what almond milk is. Well, guys, I'm going to go ahead and go next because I'm kind of thirsty. Um, We have one of my favorite beers of the season, which is good old Highland Brewing from Asheville's Cold Mountain. Nice. This stuff, is this the one? Is this the one you were talking to earlier? Yes, I was talking uh, to it earlier. Yeah. Um, this is released every year in limited supplies, and it can become pretty damn difficult to get your hand on some. Fortunately, Trip, friend of the pod, um, ran into some at a local place and was able to get two cases. So I purchased two six packs off of them. Nice. And just beautiful, warm color there. Beautiful. Mm. Come on. You got to talk to it. Oh. What was he saying to it earlier? Mm. He's like, I've been looking it's forward like, to you, baby. I'm going to get you later. Yeah. You're mine. We got to wait till the camera's on. (laughs) This tastes... That sounded weird. This tastes like the holidays. It's just perfect. It's like the Carpenters. Mm. I'm going to give it... Oh, Charles, you didn't give your ranking on your beer. I give it three out of four almonds. (laughs) For some reason, I think we've had an almond rating before. Really? I think so. I could be wrong. I'll give it... Three out of four. These nuts. Nuts. Yeah. These nuts. (laughs) I'm going to give mine 17. Ooh. (laughs) This is probably the age of consent in Tennessee. (laughs) 17 out of 12 days of Christmas. Oh, wow. It doesn't add up, but I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's that's fucking tasty. All right, Stephen, where are you drinking? So I have... Also a limited release. I have the old farm to market persimmon saison from Barrow Brewing Company, which is our, our our favorite local brewery that we probably talk about a lot. But that's okay because we're the only ones that listen. And uh, so this is it's a it's a it's a saison. Doesn't really taste super saisony to no. me. No, nope. I don't really know what it tastes like. It's strong. Yeah, it's really good though. I mean, I'll, I can taste it. I mean, I'm, when I say I know what it tastes like, it tastes like, let me tell you, it's got just a little bit of tartness. Pretty sweet though, yep. but it's not like a <clears throat> real malty sweetness at all. Um, apparently it has persimmons. They only make it one one time a year. I feel like they had it at the brewery for like maybe a month. I mean, it was only there like once or twice when we were there. Um, and I saw it at the store today and I know they stopped selling at the brewery, so it's almost gone. So I figured I'd pick it up. Um, it is a uh, an eight percenter, which is very high for you know, for me, as far as, far as beers go. how far, how drinkable it is. Yes. And it yeah. does not taste anywhere mm-hmm. close to 8%. So it, it's a, it's a pretty, uh, it's a pretty, pretty dangerous beer. You gotta, yeah, you yeah. gotta be careful with it. Um, so this might be interesting podcast. So yeah. And I'll give it, um, let's see, farm to market, four seasons. There's only available in one persimmons. I have no idea what the hell they are. I'm going to give it, um, five out of six fruits that look like tomatoes, but I Better don't really fruits. know what they are. But tomatoes you know, are fruit. Yeah, well, that's true. But you know, there's a persimmon tree in uh, oh, is it Gatesville? 
that disc golf course. The oh yeah, there are Persimmons there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's true. Um, yeah, w- yeah, not Gatesville. McGregor. McGregor. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. What did I say? I don't know. Five out of six fruits that look like tomatoes that aren't persimmons. I like fruits and tomatoes, and this, this, this. Yeah, it's a bad review. It's a good beer. Drink it up. Good beer, bad review. Yeah, bad rating system. We're out of practice. Keith is already like, well, at least I don't have to worry about publishing this. <laughs> it's like, we, we, we might lose this this episode as well, just on, on accident. But let's well, guys, I do have a little bit of interesting... Beer, beer news. Um, there has been a shift from like really concentrating on the hops and yeast and beer to actually doing a lot more concentration on what the malt is and the differences the malt makes in the beer. Um, you know, a lot of places just have their basic, you know, two row, a little crystal malt, a little of this, uh, but it's basically two row. It's called a brewer's uh, malt for a reason. Um, but yeah, a lot of places are looking into the sustainability of malt how to make it a more sustainable-minded business and crafting those malts by doing all kinds of different things like smoking them and, you know, um, just playing with new malts. So I just wanted to get y'all's guys' feedback on that. What do you think about it? I I like a – is it called a rock – a Rauch, Rauch beer? Rauch beer. I, I don't know if that's right. That's it's how I say super it. smoky yeah. malt. I love beer. those. Yeah, Rauch beer. Yeah. yeah. I do not like those. But I, I, I'm not opposed to people yeah. making them and people liking them. Yeah. Good for them. Yeah. Um, malts are nice. Yeah. I, I am pro different malts. Is that the question? Are they not very sustainable? <laughs> yeah. I'm, 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 yeah. I'm, that's what I want to know more about is the sustainability question. Yeah. That's a, that's a good question. I'll try to what you, some... what you described was like doing things to them, but are they different? malts that they're doing things to or are they like yeah keith it, why don't you explain to our listeners what a malt actually is yeah it's the grain that you use to extract the sugars that go into your wort that eventually become your beer all right does that help yeah yeah so like barley mm-hmm. okay. wheat yeah why do they call them malts instead of just grains that's a good question Stephen. why don't oh, you inform keith, us come on because they're malted <laughs> That it's made, a that, sugar extraction process. Well, no, they let them. They let them essentially germinate. Yeah, germinate. So, like you yeah. know, if you take seeds and you yeah. leave them sitting out, like on a napkin, a wet yep. napkin, yep. they'll start to sprout. They they basically let them get just to that point, and then they usually do some roasting or whatever. Yeah, I'll do some more research on this and see what they're doing to make it a little bit more sustainable. And I'll get back to you in the next podcast. How about that? Yeah, and I do wonder like where a lot of those come from. Like, I don't know if a lot of them are domestically produced or if, because I know you can get, like when you're brewing and you, if you can get two row or there's like four row and six row, I don't really know. What is the row? I think it to? has to do with the size of the plants or something, like how close they can plant them together or something oh. like that. I could be totally okay. making that up, but that's what sticks out in my memory. But then there's also like biscuit and carapils and like all Carafoam that kind of stuff. Yeah, I don't like there's so many and... different kinds and I don't really yeah. know. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm curious where they come from because I don't ever see any malt farms, but I also don't see any, you know, alpaca well, farms, but I know they exist. Yeah. So fun, one of the local breweries, um, well, they're not local. It's a chain brewery. Y'all have heard of Rock Bottom Brewing? Uh, maybe I have. 
they're a chain. There's like seven of them. They brew all at their, they do their own brews at the locations, but it's a pretty strict recipe kind of thing. Uh, well, they closed the one in Nashville and my buddy Slate emails me and goes, um, look at this link on Facebook right now. And they're like, brewers, if you need grain, just come and get it. They're wow. giving it away. So I grabbed trip and we picked up over 400 pounds of grain and probably 10 pounds of hops. Wow. And you'll appreciate this. A five gallon bucket of PBW. Like I guess not. stuff? The, yeah. Like the, the pro brewers wash. Yeah, yeah, it's okay, like $14.99 yeah. for a oh, pound. Okay. Yeah. So you, like a five gallon bucket of the powder? Yeah. Oh, damn. Yeah. Well, that'll, you could be, you've been doing your laundry in that for years. It <laughs> <laughs> shit's amazing. I use it to like clean the coffee pot. Yeah. yeah, it gets everything clean. Yeah. It's amazing. So, all right, guys. Well, let's go ahead and move on to our next subject of the evening. And that would be Hey, guys. Want to check out Mixtape? It's got a bunch of bands you've never heard of before. Mixtape. All right. I guess uh, we can just go down the list. So, Charles, why don't you start out? Okay. Oh, why don't you, Charles, take a moment to explain what we're doing this week. Because it's been so long. Actually, yeah, because the episode where we talked about this was lost in the ether. So how many episodes have we lost? I think three. Uh, Is that it? I think it's just three. Like, I'm not blaming you because some of the ones that have been lost, I think, should have been. So it's not, (laughs) I'm not like saying you're, 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 you know, misappropriating funds or anything. Well, I've only but. technically lost one. I have the others. <laughs> <laughs> They're just not airworthy. Yeah. No, not at all. <laughs> so, again, what uh, what are we doing <laughs> with the next couple of podcasts? Yeah, so we're doing covers, and I think our philosophy is that there should be an additive quality to the covers, <laughs> that they're not just a generic cover that adds nothing interesting. So, yeah. Uh, so I'm going <laughs> to, I didn't know about that rule, but okay. Well, I think we're trying for that, but I also I, did find my covers literally 30 seconds before we I, I would, button today. Charles, I'm going to just state for the record. I think we might all have our own motives. It might, huh? it, to me, I think oh. all covers done well add to the history of the song. And sometimes I just want to hear somebody else's take on a song. And I don't know if it's better than the original song or adds anything to the quality of the original song, but maybe I just like listening to a different version of it. I think what I said, cause this was, this was, it was my turn to pick. I remember yep. now. Um, and I think what I said was bonus points. If the cover is better than the original. Oh, okay. Objectively, subjectively. Well, yeah. it can't be objective. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, we could come uh, up with a scientific yeah. rating system. Yeah, yeah. Could poll the audience. Um, Raise your hand if you're on this podcast and like this song. Okay, votes in. <laughs> yep. All right. So I have one of my favorite songs to ever. It's a kind of a one-hit wonder. It's a teenage dirtbag, and this is covered by Scala and some kind of check name Colancy Brothers. It's. it's it's basically uh, it's a choir song cover uh, of this song. I think it's amazing. I think it's beautiful. Uh, I love it. Next, I have In Bloom by Stargirl Stimson. I picked that really quickly because I knew Steven was going to pick it. <laughs> I just love how orchestrated it is. 
and it's i mean it's absolutely beautiful yeah yeah it's it's a really good cover it's totally different than the original but you can still get a little bit of those nostalgic feeling um what else i got here norwegian wood by a small little band english band called corner shop which is uh fronted by a indian dude i think it's kind of funny because they play a sitar for the cover i mean well for the original and he's an indian dude that's english covering the beatles uh i think it's pretty good uh next i have frente and they're covering bizarre love triangle don't really remember. Is that O and D? It's, uh, no, uh, that was uh, uh, shit. That um, Duran Duran. No, it's not Duran Duran. It's uh, not Pet Shop Boys. It's three letters. It's not O and D. It's not LCD Sound System. No. Uh, New Order. So New Order. There's yep. more than yep. three letters. The first word is three <laughs> yeah, letters. Yeah. But same kind of genre. Um, Frente is. That album is one of my favorite. Marvin the album is one of my favorite albums and just awesome. Uh, next, I have Tribe Called Quest. How could you not like them? This is not really a cover. I was going to say. But this is a sampling mm-hmm. of uh, Walk on the Wild Side. Walk on the Wild Side. And it just has that just that chill vibe. And he's doing its little cool little raps over the top. Love it. Then I have Sound of Silence. Simon and Garfunkel song, really good, but this is disturbed and it's heavy and emotional and it's beautiful. Thus ends my version so of the playlist. I, I, I do have to win. I do have to point ways. out something on a couple of on one thing. All right, go ahead, Keith. Point, point of order. Point of order. All right. First of all, your corner shop song, Norwegian Wood. There is yep. sitar in it. That's what he That's just, what said. just said. He said there's sitar in it. Oh, the you, you, you said in the, the original when the English guy was playing acoustic guitar. No, no, no. Oh. No, I think it's ironic that the Beatles, who are English, are using a sitar, and then... Well, that's not ironic at all. English people stole everything from Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But then okay. an Indian English dude covers the song you. of English people using his native... Oh, okay. My, that's what I'm tra- the point I was trying I to make. My apologies, yeah. Charles. I misunderstood yeah. you. Yeah. So what were you going to say, Stephen? Uh, no, I think Charles wins some kind of award because he these are all good versions of these songs and they're all very different than the originals. Like, And I think like Teenage Dirtbag, that one, like I think The Who would love that version. Right? Like that's totally like right up their alley, it seems like. Yeah. I, it's just, I think they're all, those are all good. Good choices. One of my rules about covers, or I guess it's about bands in general, I despise bands that make it big on a cover. Yeah. So like Marilyn Manson, don't have a lot of respect mm-hmm. for them. Well, no, uh, because he's a fucking dirtbag. Well, not I don't honestly, I don't really care if you're Is a dirtbag. Dirt I don't I honestly don't he care if you sexually assaulted several women. Oh, okay. I'm going to sound like an asshole now, but I don't care about what you do in your personal life or anything. I care about the quality of your music. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what I judge you on. Like Kanye West is a dirtbag. He's a musical genius. So like they're two separate things. You can be a musical genius and be a total asshole. So, but Marilyn Manson, I just, I have a hard time respecting a band where that's where they get their leg up is covering somebody else. Well, that write like, their own song. Lack of eyebrows or something. Like, you know, going <laughs> yeah. to shotgun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> All right, Keep guys. Well, I'll, I'll jump into mine. Um, I have one of my favorite artists is David Bowie. So I have Golden Years covered by Car Seat Headrest. They make it a Car Seat Headrest song while still honoring Bowie. I th- like I had you can tell it's a Bowie song, but you can also tell that Car Seat Headrest is doing it. Um, it's a favorite man of the pod, I would say. Yeah, I think we all love them. Yeah. 
Which is uh, coming to Austin. In the oh, hey now. Nice. I got to see them a couple years ago at Live on the Green. Killer fucking show. Um, next is an artist that, Stephen, you introduced us to, that your wife introduced you to, uh, Maggie Rogers. It's a cool story. <laughs> I don't think that's true, but okay. I remember you playing it on the way down to Barrow one night and said, Lauren found this person. I thought you were the first Maggie Rogers fan. It doesn't really matter. Yeah, it doesn't I mean, matter, yeah. Lauren yeah. and I travel the same circles. Yeah, so, uh, but her Lauren cover did of... cry at the end of the Maggie Rogers concert. Who did? Lauren. So, oh, that oh, makes sense. sense. So there's a link there. Yeah, yeah. She started yodeling and shit. It was just yeah. like very like I don't know some primal yeah, thing came out. The back yeah, yeah. yeah. Stands and up. I look over and Lauren's like crying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but her cover of Tim McGraw, the Taylor Swift song, is really fucking good. Uh, one of my all-time favorite covers is Lord Huron doing Harvest Moon by Neil Young. And the first couple of times Jamie heard it, she was even like, I can't tell if this is Neil Young or if it's Lord Huron when we listen to this. But I think the Lord Huron version is a little bit more full musically. Like there's more intricacies throughout, uh, more layers, if you will. Uh, So I really like that version. That's Um, one of the best songs to cover. What's the... You, I think you're more familiar with this band than I am. There's a modern version of Harvest Moon. It's kind of electric poppy. Yeah, I have to look it up. It's, it's not yeah, bi- Bombay Bicycle Club. No, I think so. Wow. I'll look it up while he's stuff. And then, uh, then I have music. Nothing oh, yeah. Else Matters. I want to talk about that. Um, the Nothing Else Matters cover of Metallica done by Phoebe Bridgers. And you want to talk about making a song a hell of a lot better. I'm pretty sure shit can make music better than Metallica sometimes. So Phoebe Bridgers absolutely kills that. Um, then I have Still My Sunshine, which is one of my guilty pleasure songs. Like fucking love this song, even though I should hate it. Um, done by Portia the portugal the man and cherry glazer and it's i think it may be a little bit better than the original and then finally um i actually got to see this performed at the ryman night swimming by jason isbell in the 400 unit um he recently put out an album of covers and all the cells go directly to um voter voter rights in georgia that's pretty cool i was wondering why all of a sudden like they've been playing i'm surprised nobody had a driver eight because that's been oh that that's like, that's on the list for next week okay because it, it's, it's just getting played a lot and i think it's a good cover um but i noticed that it's the same album as this night swing one so that's a yeah. cover album i got you it's a, it's all georgia artist on this album because hmm. it goes to voter rights in georgia so you have like gladys knight on there rem i mean it, Otis Redding. So, but Charles, I sent you a video from the Ryman of Jason Isbell doing Driver 8. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Keith was that guy holding up his phone during a concert. Literally, I took like 20 seconds of video and I told Jamie, I'm like, I have to do this for Charles. Did you turn around and point it at you so you could be in it? No, I did not. Oh man, that's the classic move. (laughs) So that is my six songs for this week. Um, yeah, I might, have to, I might have to buy that album. Give a little it, money to old Stacey Abrams because she's just announced she's running for governor, which is pretty hell nice. yeah. Also, um, I've uh, I may have thrown a fiver at Beto. Yeah, Beto. I don't know. I don't know how excited I am about that. Better mm-hmm. than McConaughey. Uh, but McConaughey had a chance of winning. I don't yeah. think Beto does. <laughs> that is the sad. Like truth. McConaughey probably would have won. He would have won, <laughs> and he would have been no worse than any Republican. I think. And he's like, a little bit Republican. He's a little bit liberal. Yeah, he's just. Yeah, he's just yeah. Who knows what he would have done? He would just—he's a wild card. Yeah. Y'all wouldn't have to be worried about like people getting arrested for Delta Eight. It's yeah. true. Yeah. All right. Is so it my turn? Yep. 
So I literally added mine right before the podcast because we talked about this during the last recording, but that didn't ever get played. So I didn't know if we were going to repeat that or not. So I was not prepared. So there's some good picks on I here. think the, I did my best as fast as I could, but there's a couple of these that I think are definitely phoning in it. So the gin, and, the first song is Gin and Juice by the Gourds. So there's, there's several, this is not a new thing where people cover like, you know, old like gangster rap or hip hop albums and stuff like that. Um, but I generally like it. And this, the Gourds are like a very twangy. I don't, I mean, I don't, I haven't listened to any other of their music, <laughs> but it's definitely a different genre. Um, but it's just it's, fun it's, to listen to. I mean, when that's their version came out in the late nineties. And I remember like, that's how I learned the lyrics to gin and juice <laughs> not from the original not from the Why original i learned it the from them <laughs> so good um, oh no i agree it is so good but like that's where i learned the lyrics yeah but there's there's like a uh there's a whole album of a lot of those covers from like the uh dr dre and snoop dogg um kind of death row era records and there i i would i'll find some of those for next time because they're more like in like the bedroom pop kind of genre like where you can tell it's like somebody in their house making it kind of low production with a lot of like synthesizers and and uh you know is that what it's called because like bedroom pop makes me think of something totally different no that's what bedroom yeah no you would think bedroom pop would be like get down music or something like that yeah yeah exactly no the that it's it's basically it's indie music it's people that make make their music in their bedrooms um like who's the famous dude something internet joey internet he's super famous and he he just actually just got picked up by a a major label um but billy eilish is like considered bedroom pop or she was at first well a lot of those people post on social media Mm -hmm. and then they get signed yeah that's like yeah so would um, that mean that Justin Bieber is the like first bedroom pop star? How, I don't know. I well, thought he was part of InSync or something like that. No, 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 no he was Justin discovered Bieber, on YouTube. He's oh like yeah, a so I guess so. Yeah, playing drums on like chairs and shit. Yeah. So technically, yeah, I guess so. Um, so this next one's kind of phoning it in, but Brandy Carlisle singing "Black Hole Sun." I've heard that. I like Brandy Carlisle. She's grown on me a lot lately. Um, and it's a pretty, it's just a pretty good cover. And it's a good song. And I, I feel like during that late 90s, early 2000s, I was very kind of like anti-Seattle grunge type thing mm-hmm. because I thought it was just too... I, I was an idiot. That's basically my the real reason. Well, um, it was packaged. Well, it just felt like it was like overplayed yeah. and it was like yeah. the cool thing to like. Um, but they, there's a lot of good music that came out of that. And I think that's it's just a good version of, of that song. Um, the Illuminati Hotties, who are also coming to Austin... In, oh, okay. uh, I think like three or four weeks. Um, but I want to dance with somebody. It's just a good, you know, everybody knows that song. They do a good version of it. Um, and then my next one is 13, which is that uh, Big Star song, which has been covered by about a bazillion people. I wouldn't say this is like a super creative version, but it has like Waxahachie. Um, it's just, it's it's just a, it's a pretty pretty song and i think they do a good job with that song um and then getting more into like you know uh i want to be your dog is my next one by uncle tupelo so the stooges this that their version of it iggy pop's version is one of my favorite that's probably one of my favorite songs ever um i think it has like one of the best guitar riffs in rock and roll history all that kind of stuff and the uncle tupelo version is kind of cool um i just i like that band lots of banjo yeah yeah um i feel like they're they're just good at that kind of stuff because they're like 
semi-rural Illinois kids, but they're not country kids, but they, you know, appreciated all kinds of genres of music and made that their thing. Um, And then this last one is uh, R.E.M. covering Pale Blue Eyes, which growing back to like my early, early, might've been late middle school, early high school days. One of my favorite R.E.M. um, albums was all all the B-sides of it were like all covers. And I remember there were several Velvet Underground ones and that Pale Blue Eyes song has always been one of my favorites. That's, I know that version before I knew the original. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. It's so stripped down. Yeah. I think. I'm just trying to find that out because I used to really like it. But I am. That's it. I'm done. Awesome. Well, good job, guys. I think everybody put some good shit on here. I actually love that Brandy Carlisle version of Black Hole Sun. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, this will be a good little little mixtape to listen to. Yeah, I agree. All right. Well, who's ready for another beer? Uh, I'm not. I have 10% of my 8% beer left. All right. Well, I guess I will grab one real quick. Talk amongst yourselves while I mute myself. No, don't do that. No, we can talk about stuff. God damn it. Let's talk about Keith. Let's talk about your plants. They look great. Oh, my plants? Yeah. My plants are doing pretty good. Yeah. This is a pencil plant for the audience. Right. There's a, uh, a money tree. Yeah, they look good. There's a monstera, a bromeliad, a snake plant. All right, guys. Names. And a uh, fiddle leaf fig. Wow. Okay. Yeah. We just talked about my plants. It was great. Podcast. I can hear you. <laughs> I'm glad we didn't talk about Keith. All right, so I'm going to talk about a beer I picked up in Atlanta last weekend. Um, This is from the number two new brewery in the United States for 2021. Um, It is Firemaker Brewing, and I'm actually a big fan of these guys. We go down to Atlanta pretty often. Uh, We always have to stop by. What am I doing? Keith, Uh, proceed. Don't ignore us. (laughs) I feel like I'm being interrupted for another conversation. I apologize. (laughs) (laughs) So anyways, um, this beer comes with a couple of stories. And as I crack it and pour it, I will tell you about them. Have we heard about Firemaker before? Um, I think I've talked about them. I don't know if I've ever reviewed one of their beers. You said this is a Georgia beer? This is a Georgia beer. So... first story about Firemaker is we installed their draft system, the company I work for. And while I was in there, they were having a slight issue with um, their nitro coffee line. So I offered to go back and take a look at it if they needed me to. And it was just an empty keg. And I got a free six pack for going back there and looking at it. That's where this beer came from. Nice. Second story is we fell in love with the puppy while we were there and we adopted said puppy and that puppy is in the house in Nashville now, sound asleep on his bed. Very nice. What kind of dog is it? Is it a mutt or is it? Oh, it's a mutt. what it is? It's a, he's a mutt. Best kind of dog. Yeah. Yep. And he has these giant like Yoda ears that are just too big for his body, which is why I fell in love with him. He was awkward, kind of like me. We we, we uh, just shaved our great Pyrenees down to nothing. Did you really? <laughs> like so fucking weird. <laughs> yeah, he's pissed. He's so pissed. Why would you shave him in the winter? Yeah, yeah. Because they shed like crazy. He's well, and his mats were really bad. Yeah, but he's got to be so cold, dude. They live inside. Um, He'll be okay. Oh, I forgot winter in Texas is like 70 degrees. No, it was 85 degrees today. Fuck's sake. Like, we played disc golf this afternoon, and I was wearing a tank top and shorts, and I was sweating. It was, we got up to 65 here, but we're we're under a tornado watch now, and we're like on the one to five scale, we're at a four and a half for tonight for severe weather. Wow, exciting. 
So the high tomorrow, I think, is supposed to be like 40. So enough about this. Why don't we go ahead and move into our next segment of the week, which is... Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Is this not why you are here? Entertainment. Who That's wants to go first? Entertainment. Yeah, I'll go first. Yeah, because I have nothing prepared. But I'll think of something. <laughs> Hopefully I won't uh, do too many spoilers because I want Steven to watch this movie. But it's called Pig. It's on Hulu. It's one of their featured movies. It's got Nicolas Cage in it. And I guess also for the audience, I can't say too much. But basically, this guy is basically like homeless. Uh, he lives out in the woods in like a one room shack and he has this pig that like he goes and finds truffles you know truffles like truffles mm-hmm. like the, the major like beautiful like thousands of dollars um a pound or whatever and somebody steals his pig right and he is pissed and he's trying to resolve why does this it sound like john wick <laughs> <laughs> that yeah i mean there was a dog yeah. in john wick this is like that but i i will say this and this is why I think you will like it. Now I'm just picturing a Nicolas Cage homeless <laughs> version of John Wick. I, I will re- I'll, I'll reveal a small version of it. It's outside of Portland where he lives and stuff like that. And he's got to go into Portland. Um, and at one point he reluctantly reveals his name. And he is like the most kick-ass chef that has ever lived in Portland. And everybody like worships him. Worships him. And it's he's never physical with anybody. It's like his passion that like just like parts the water for him on almost everything and it's kind of it's pretty amazing um he drops out of the game i won't say why you can find out why or whatever i think the pig is really kind of represents something else a little bit and that's why he's so passionate about it but i thought it was fucking cool it was really cool he like his ninja skills are his like his cooking and his passion and he like uses them so i it, it's it's super awesome nicholas cage is really good really understated um i've heard one other person that liked they liked it but I absolutely loved it. I fucking loved it. Like, it's going to be one of those movies I watch, like, once a year. I just, I think a lot of the unstated things about the movie are what I love the most. Lauren watched it. Yeah. And she liked it. She liked it. Yeah, but no, but she's, if Lauren says she likes something, she has a pretty, she doesn't have a lot of middle ground. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, she's either, like, if she likes it, that means it's probably pretty good. If something is like, you know, like, I'll watch it just because there was, like, some funny moments, she has no time for that. Right. So if she says she likes it, it's probably oh, okay. I, I, that's okay. a good thing. Okay. Well, I'm I'm there. I liked it. I really liked it. I thought it was awesome. And, you know, I'm not really a foodie, but I consider myself a foodie. Just like, I love art. I love beauty. And I feel like this guy's an artist, the way he's portrayed in the movie. It's beautiful. Awesome. Well, Stephen, do you have something you need a little bit more time? Oh, I got something. I got, actually have lots of things. What should I narrow it down to? Um, well, while you're narrowing it down, I can I can do mine real well, quick. Well, no, I, I'm gonna. I have two. I have two two slightly different things, and they'll okay. be quick. So I'll go with a movie. So Charles started the movie theme. So we watched. Um, we need to talk about Kevin. Have you guys heard of this movie? Keith, mm-hmm. have you heard of this? I was just telling Charles about it, so he's heard of it. It's on, I think Netflix, either Netflix or Hulu, one of those two. It has Tilda Swinson and. Who was the uh, step the, the stepbrother from Step Brothers that isn't Will Ferrell? John C. Riley. Yeah. So <laughs> it's but it's it is absolutely not a comedy. So it's it is the farthest he plays it, a serious it, it is the farthest thing from yeah. a comedy. So it's you know long story short these people have a kid and there's obviously issues with this kid. He grows up to be a teenager and bad things happen. It's very uh, timely movie with what happens often in our society today. Um, 
but it was just like kind of nerve wracking and also makes you realize even if as a parent you see that your kid has issues like I don't it makes you wonder like what would you do if you notice like and these are like overt issues right yeah. but still like you realize that the parents like it puts them in a kind of a tough position because you don't ever want to give up on your kids and like I don't know it's it's a depressing movie but I think it was very well done and it's sad and doesn't end well but um I don't know I think it's worth a watch sometimes I feel like things are a force of nature yeah and you can fight it if you want but it doesn't really matter if you do or not like it's this tidal wave that's yeah gonna... but I guess I have this philosophy and I say this to a lot of people like at work and I don't know I know I've said this to like you know my kids as they grow up and stuff like that is that you know you're going to be around people in your life that obviously to you are going to explode right yeah. you know like they're heading towards a point where very bad things are going to happen and you have to weigh in your head, and this sounds overly pragmatic and kind of mean, but you have to weigh in your head, like, how close do I want to be standing next to this person when so it happens? Go down you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. So, and like with kids today, and let's I'll just throw it like school shooting type stuff. You know yep. what I mean? Like you don't want to ever want to give up on your kid, but if they're going to explode the way they explode nowadays, if they have, especially if they have access to weapons and stuff like that, there's going to be people around them when it happens. And I don't know. It's just, it's a, it's a tough, tough thing to think about, but it's a good movie. God, now my other Awesome. What was your, my, my other one's not very happy should, either. <laughs> no, this great cartoon. No, oh shit. Um, the other one I was going to recommend is a podcast and it's been around for a long time. Everyone's talked about it, but I don't know if a lot of people have actually listened to it and it's the 1619 project. Um, podcast so you can you can download their stuff you can read it but you can also listen to the podcast it's really good and i think the first two episodes in particular they're about 30 minutes ish long um are very enlightening and i you know you can take it for what you will and given your you know political feelings and stuff like that but it's it's very factual and it's it's there they they do inter intertwine like some stories but people's stories are people's stories you know yeah. and take them for what they are and but it's it's very good um so i highly recommend that awesome yeah, another one too that i didn't think about go ahead okay another podcast good way to start your day right so you yeah. got a short commute you're like me you work from home making your coffee it is called damn it <laughs> <laughs> it's uh you heard it here. Char it's Charles will know about this. Charles, how would you describe Stoicism? Stoicism? Yeah, I would say that's a, a philosophy of uh, self-discipline. Mm -hmm. I'd say it's a philosophy of uh, interactions with people mm -hmm. and the pro proper interactions with people. I would say it's a, also it kind of has a philosophy of like there is a way and you need to kind of tap into that way. It's not that you create that way, but you kind of tap into it. It's not what most people think of as like stiff upper lip. Exactly. Tough and yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So this podcast is called The Stoic Coffee break i just found out i just discovered it like maybe a week ago week and a half ago um episodes are like maybe 10 minutes long there's a lot of them that are already out i was hoping it would be like a daily thing but it's not but there's enough of them from the mm -hmm. back backlog that you can listen to it every day but it's basically like five to 15 minutes that is it's it's a philosophy podcast which i like right and it's stoicism which a lot of people do think has to do with like being emotionless or uncaring but it's really just about like there's a logical aspect to it but it's also about understanding your emotions and being yeah. in tune with them and not necessarily letting them determine your actions but letting you know being aware of them so you can evaluate yeah, and it's, act it's, accordingly it's emotional intelligence before emotional ex intelligence. exactly yes yeah. 
And so it's, it is, I've been really enjoying it. And I think especially something like that, that you listen to while you're making your coffee to start your day. Like I've found that it really just kind of serves as lots of reminders during the day when I'm doing things and in meetings and stuff like that. Um, it's really good. Like w- one of the last ones I listened to was about um, like toxic positivity and like the problem with just like being positive about everything. Like it is, <laughs> it is disrespectful to people around you to be like that and, and how it's, it's just really good. And I, so those are, those are, those are three recommendations for entertainment for me. Well done. Man, this 8% beer is kicking. All right. Unfortunately, we don't have time <laughs> for my entertainment. So we'll. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I got more, Keith. I can fill in if you want. <laughs> Um, my entertainment's really quick and I've only watched a third of it, but it's really fucking good. And it's the new Beatles documentary on Disney plus get back. Um, the thing I find most fascinating about it is watching them put the songs together, even when they were not in sync with each other, watching, you know, like get back and Hey Jude and these songs just appear out of thin air and this is the first time they've ever played it and you're getting to see it visually and hear it. It was unfucking believable. Yeah, it sounds pretty cool. Yeah. I- I've always thought like the Beatles are like above God tier. And I- I'm having a hard time right now kind of getting a read on how people feel about the Beatles. Uh, I They're one of my fa- kinda... all-time favorite bands. If you talk about, if it- actually, I'll say they are my favorite band of all time. Because if you think about a band that evolved every single album down the line and what Paul McCartney and John Lennon did together as songwriters has never been recreated. I mean, every song the Beatles ever wrote, you know it. You might not think you know it, but as soon as you hear it, you're like, oh yeah, I know that song. They're a force of nature that has carried on, even though they've been broken up for, it'll be 50 years this year. Yeah, I think that's what people forget about is how long ago like they were before everything like yeah. i mean they were you know almost like elvis contemporary well i mean elvis you know not old elvis but you know they were early on rock and roll and i had a, a like i think it was last week i was making dinner and you know i it just decided it was a beatles you know moment mm-hmm. and so i put on like i was going through a couple of different of their albums and i i don't i i would hesitate to say they haven't aged well because that's not true i think they have but it's just they're 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 from so long ago. So much has happened since then that some of their songs to me, like I don't know, they're almost too experimental that like didn't catch yeah. on. But then you can hear like the next song was experimental at the time, but hugely influential to the music we listen to today. So I, I agree with you. I think like that God tier is a, a good way to describe it. Well, I also think that like people now younger people they don't it doesn't sound original to them because mm-hmm. they hear it and everything right but it you was what I mean? yeah they yeah, started they created it, it. Yeah. and like everybody they didn't cover it they just mm-hmm. borrowed heavily from it. and maybe it wasn't intentional but like everything kind of streams out of that mm-hmm. one river yeah you know and so yeah, the I've, only thing i think they stole was all the uh the far east sounds yeah, but well, that was a hit they were thinking around the too they were english well, they, and they were colonizing all they the, did go know. they did but, go to india and spend a month where and i can never remember his name but he was like their premier sitar player yeah. in the world and a lot, studied of, a lot of english people went to india and spent a month or more than a month and i think the english people in general would wish they never would have right know, but <laughs> but i will say that the coolest thing that i saw in this 
I wouldn't say the coolest. One of the more fun things I saw was when Get Back came to be. Paul just came in and started playing his bass. And then George kind of picked up his guitar and started playing a little bit. And John Lennon's running late. And you could tell that like these guys have been doing it for like 10 minutes. And then John Lennon just comes in, picks up a guitar without like being there at all and just immediately starts strumming the chords. And I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ. Like he could hear G-E-B-D just from walking up and know that he needs to play that. That's pretty cool. You know, the sitar player we're talking about that none of us can remember name. Did you know that's Nora Jones? his dad really yeah i didn't know that really yeah hmm. that is very interesting i'm trying to think of where that rhymes with sitar that i could turn into a dad joke that's <laughs> sitar amazing <laughs> that then works i failed so all right guys well why don't we take a quick break and when we come back we'll move into our esoteric topic Right, thanks for hanging out with us through the break. And before we jump into this esoteric topic, anybody else need another beer? Yeah, yeah. I do. So I have a, a Delilah Cran Raspberry Sour, ten percent. Ten percent? Yeah. Uh, this is uh, this is Martin House, our favorite back of the truck. Yeah. Brewery. It's a sour, but cranberry. I love cranberry. It seems like it would make it sour no matter what, which I like. It's definitely a sour. It definitely has that cranberry flavor. They complement each other so much. It's, it tastes really good. Well, sour is not a bad thing. No, I like yeah. sours. Yeah. yeah. So it's really puckers your lips. It definitely uh, hits you. I like it. No try. Yeah. I think they complement each other very well. Sour on sour seems weird, but no. No, that's really no. good. Yeah. That's another, that would be a dangerous yeah, 10% beer because it does taste, not taste no. high in alcohol at all. No. It's light. That's good. Yeah. So guys, let me ask you a question. All right. If, and this is going to, oh, what's your rate, uh, rating like on that beer? Juice. Well, no, it definitely tastes like a sour to me. Well, like a I more mean, interesting cranberry juice, yeah, but it's no. definitely like, it's yeah. cranberry. Like yeah. that's good. I mean, cran- I don't, cranberry makes so much sense to put in a mm-hmm. beer. Yeah. I just don't realize why it's not been done before. All right, I'm so rating. This, I'm going to rate this um, four out of three feet deep water in a cranberry log. Okay. Which I just realized you'd be holding the beer about four feet from the, yeah, your feet. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I forgot to rate the uh, Chattahoochee Tea IPA from Firemaker. It's too busy telling a story. Um, it was very good. They actually brew it with actual tea, which I find very interesting. Um, and I'm going to give it one out of 27. Wow. And this feeds back into my, there were 27 dogs up for adoption, but one came home with us. So it's a very special beer. Okay. So it's not a bad rating. No, no, no. It is an excellent rating. All right. So, All right. Uh, Stephen, do you have another beer? And then I'll do my next beer next. I do. My next beer is the perfect thing to follow a 8% persimmon saison. I'm pouring it in a glass. I just opened it. I'll give you guys a hint. This beer has been around since 1844. Keith, I don't know if you recognize that. That's a hard side to recognize. <laughs> the other side is much easier. Yeah. <laughs> you can see it's it's crystal clear, nice little yeah. pilsnery color. Ah, it's refreshing. Just a little bit of maltiness. 
It's got a nice big blue ribbon on the label, if that helps. Oh, it's a PBR? Yeah, PBR. So I like PBR. I was thinking the other day. Well, not the other day. I guess my... I haven't been drinking that much beer lately, except for like when we go to Barrow. And when I have had beer outside of Barrow, I've just been looking for nice, easy, drinkable, like not super heavy IPA type stuff, or even the winter's coming, like, you know, stouts, things like that. Um, Just like my, my beer drinking times now tend to be like when we're playing disc golf or whatever. So like this just, this has just been, been speaking to me lately and a good PBR. I like PBR. And I think I'm convinced that PBR Lone Star too. I like, I think, I think I, they've, they've kicked out officially like Miller Lite and like all those other types of Mm-hmm. mass for new spears that if i was going to go for one i could totally i'm, I'm happy with a pbr i'm a, i'm also a sucker i i love pbr i'm also a sucker for coors banquet i like yeah i i i got a 12 pack of this and because they didn't have six packs at heb and it was right next to the banquet and i thought about getting the banquet but the banquet was three dollars more for a 12 pack mm. so pbr pbr one on the price may, point may i make a recommendation for when you are out here there is a dive bar in East Nashville. And when I say it's a dive bar, it's a proper fucking dive bar. But you'll run into a ton of like East Nashville artists there. Like I've seen Margot Price there. I've seen Rustin Kelly there. Um, and a number of other East Nashville artists. So they have Coors Banquet on draft. And it's usually $3 a pint. That sounds like the first place we should go in about three weeks when we're four weeks when we're there. Sounds like a plan. So. And, you know, also, you can't discount PBR and the way you can pair it with things. Like whiskey. A, a, like, like a pint of PBR and a shot of really cheap whiskey. Oh, the buzz mill. mill. Yeah, the good old bear hug. That's what the they call it. The bear hug. Yeah. It's, what is it, five bucks, I think? Six bucks, yeah. maybe? Five, yeah, five bucks for a pint and a shot of cheap whiskey. Yeah, that's the way you should do it. Man, I love that place. Yeah. It's still there, right? Yeah. Okay. In fact, good. yeah, I'm, I'm trying to convince Charles to go down, play around disc golf, go to the buzz mill, and then go actually buy like a Christmas present for our wives in the next like couple weeks before Christmas. Yeah, I need to I do that too. I should have said on a podcast because they yeah. might listen to this, but yeah. it doesn't matter. Whatever. They'll appreciate <laughs> the planning that went into it, I'm sure. <laughs> All right. So my next, oh, Steven, I think you should give a ranking on the PBR. Uh, Yeah, that's a, that's a tough one. Um. So what do I rank it compared to? I, like I think in you terms rank of all it just the other beers a, in the universe. No, no, you do a proper ranking on a scale of whatever you want to do of how you like that beer. It doesn't have to be compared to any other beer. All right. So I grew up going and visiting my, I was born in Madison, Wisconsin. PBR is brewed in Milwaukee since 1844. And I grew up going to Milwaukee Brewers games as a kid. And my dad was always drinking beer at those games. And they had, whenever you hit a home run, they had a big mug of beer in the outfield. It wasn't real beer, but you know, fake mug. And Bernie Brewer would slide down a slide into it. And like a bunch of balloons would come out of the out of the big fake beer um i don't think pbr is necessarily a home run in the big scheme of things but it's a it's a solid double in the middle innings when you know that's like a great time to hit a double and just gets like the the innings started for your team it's a solid double i like that i like it that that's a good ranking speaking of which i I feel like i may i redeem myself for my first ranking which I don't even remember because it didn't make any sense. I think we need to rank the rankings. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, we haven't got to talk since this happened, but hey, Braves won the World Series. They did. Congratulations. 
Thank you. But you're an Astros fan. Yeah, I thought you were an Astros fan. No, I quit the Astros when they cheated. I can't. I went back home. Went back to the Braves. That's awesome. Yeah, Chipper Jones would be proud. Yeah, John Rocker would be really proud. No, we're not. John Rocker is not a Brave. <laughs> I think he was though, wasn't he? <laughs> wasn't he like a? I think a lot of his fans probably like you know would love to have him run for governor. Yeah, you're anyway. De- definitely Sorry. in the uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene segment of that state. <laughs> So, all right. So my next beer is from one we review pretty regularly on the podcast, which is Bearded Iris. And I want to ask you guys a quick question. Um, Steven, you may have a better idea of this since you brewed for so long. Um, If you have a traditional brewery and you don't want to make a sour due to worried about contamination of your brewery and whatnot, what would you brew Name a few beers that you would brew in place of a sour. Um, I mean, I think you can you can get a lot of like like wheat beers, things like that. You can get some tartness and similarities to that. I, but it, I guess it depends. Like, how sour are we talking? You know. So I, I'll tell you what I was thinking of. I'm thinking of like Berliner Weisses. Yeah, and like go that. and Gozas yeah. is another option. Yeah, and yeah, that's it's what, really. Like what's the what's the bacteria? Um, lactose or lactobacillus? Bacillus? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like they all say. Well, I mean, they all. A lot of brewers will say like they don't want that in their brewery at all. Mm-hmm. But I can say as someone that like makes sauerkraut and kimchi and all kinds of like pickles fermented, dude. All your brewers are covered with lactobacillus. <laughs> like it's like the most common bacteria that is is out there. So it's, I don't really understand that logic. I guess getting it in your equipment, you'd have to be like super careful about cleaning and things like that. But yeah. So, well, that brings me to my beer though, which is a fruited Goza from Bearded Iris called Dance Party. And what a great name for a beer at first. Like who doesn't want to be at a dance party? I like dance parties. I really want to go to one of the silent discos sometime. I think that would be fun. I think, Charles, you were the first person to tell me about a silent disco. Yeah. Is that the ones where, like, everyone wears headphones? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. So they were going to have one at Bonnaroo, and I was super excited about going to it, but that didn't happen. Um, So anyways, this is a Frutigoza, and I cannot... It's too dark in here. It has blackcurrant... Tart cherry, tangerine, pear, and salt. Wow. And can y'all see? Oh, let me turn mm-hmm. this light back on. No, I can see it. It's purple. A lot of silence in this podcast. Let's see. <laughs> well, everybody had to look at your beer that's listening. It's really good. Like, it has a lot of those sour tart characters to it. Um, I like it. I like it a lot. And I think the fruit actually is more, it's more conducive for tasting the fruit when it's not over sour. So I actually like this a lot more and just that little bit of salt in there to give it like salt just adds a little flavor. Like it it makes flavor explode, which is why I've always liked Gozas because Gozas typically have a little salt in them. Um, But Steven, you, you're, I consider you a chef. (laughs) That's pretty funny, but okay. (laughs) But you know as well as I do, you sprinkle salt on something, not necessarily to give it a saltiness, but to improve the flavor. Yeah, and it enhances profile. other flavors. Yes. So, and I think that does that with gozas. I think that's what makes the a goza more difficult, but more when done right, a better beer than a sour. Yeah, I've had a lot of bad gozas, 
I don't know if I've had a lot that I like. I, I'm curious to try that one um, if they have it, and we go to if we go to Beard of Virus or, or have a chance to, to try it when we're out there. I'll see. I think I, I still have one more in the fridge. I'll just save it for you. I feel like they could pull it off, and they'd probably do a good job because they seem to have like really big flavors and things like that. A lot of ghosts that I've had either just taste salty or I don't know. They just don't have enough of something to me. They yeah, just, it's it it's really flat. easy to overdo the salt. In a goza, it, it you have to be almost perfect with it for it to turn out well. So I think when people put too much salt in it, mm-hmm. because a goza is supposed to have salt, yeah, um, yeah, some of them taste what, like like pickle beer, yeah, like, which is know, fucking like awful. I hate pickle beer. Yeah. Charles likes the pickle beer, don't you? No, I you, want to. You see, you try them regularly uh, all the time. <laughs> Yeah, they have a pickled Kolsch at Party Fowl, and I tried it, and I was able to drink two sips. Yeah. And I was like, can you bring me another beer? And that should tell you something, because you know me, I'm never not going to finish a beer. Well, I finished those pickled beers. Charles did. He hated every minute of it, but he yep. finished them. <laughs> yep. All right, guys. Well, why don't we go ahead and move into our esoteric topic of the evening? Let's do it. All right. So recently I was at a concert and by recently, I mean like four months ago, I guess. Um, we went and saw Modest Mouse and uh, Future Islands opened and it was a great show. But during the Modest Mouse show, the lead singer got to talking about LGBTQ rights and a couple of other political issues, uh, which I don't think LGBTQ plus rights is a political issue. I think it's a human rights issue, but I digress. Um, and a dude behind me literally yelled, shut up and play Cowboy Dan. That dude also yelled Cowboy Dan for like 30 minutes throughout the entire show. But it it brought me to this question, which is musicians, entertainers, you know, public figures who are not politicians. Should we value their opinion? Should we care? Do they get a platform when they don't deserve one? Or should they use that platform to push what they feel is important to them? And Stephen, I'll let you start on this. I gotta go first. So I'll go if you want. I'll, I'll, go, I'll go first, but I feel like I always dump a bunch of shit on the table and then you guys have to clean it up. Um, uh, all those things you mentioned a second ago, I would say like, yes to all of them. Like who gives a shit? Like we live in a democracy. Like we, we live in a society where, you know, myself or Charles or Keith, like we could all run for supposedly run for president of the United States. And, you know, that's kind of the uh, the ideal that we like is that we're a citizen's democracy or like that's the myth. Right. So people that I think everybody has full rights to express their views, including that asshole behind you that was screaming, play Cowboy Dan or, you know, shut up and sing like he has every right to do that. He's just he's you might be called an asshole and you know, probably is Um, same thing with modest mouse. If they want to go up there and they, and they want to share their political views, they, they, I think they have every right to do that. And you bought a ticket, not just to hear them sing the songs, but to also hear the, the clever stories in between the songs and the the history of it. And, you know, their, you know, uh, whatever, however, whatever they want to monologue about in terms of the current state of the world. Um, Now, do I think that we, 
should listen to them more than we listen to our neighbor or our spouse or our kids or anybody else. And I think the answer to that is definitely, you know what I mean? Like just because someone is Kanye West and is a musical genius, as Charles calls him, which I'm not disagreeing with. I've just, you know, never really honestly listened to Kanye that much. Um, That does not mean he's an expert in anything else other than that. If anything, a lot of people that wind up on the stage find themselves in a current political, well, not political, but a current like bubble of privilege. Like even regardless of how they grew up and things like that, they're usually loaded and they live in a very different world than the the people that they're talking to in the audience. And so they're like, they're looking at things from a completely different perspective. So I think it's important to listen to them, but you should definitely not listen to them as a authority figure or a voice of reason because they're very often not regardless of, you know, the worldview and like the person in the audience. So if I go to a concert and somebody stood up and said everybody should vote for Trump in 2024, it would be up to me whether or not I want to choose to go to the next concert or anything. I think that I would ponder it rather than just say, I refuse to go associate with anybody that is not aligned with my political ideals, you know, um, as I would, I would hope everybody else does. So one of the, one of the things, a lot of the, what you were saying was, you know, bigger artists who, it doesn't matter. They live in a world of privilege. So imagine. It doesn't discount their background. I mean, I know like a lot of people don't come from that, but. They yeah, are I get, in that space at that time usually. Right. But I want to talk about people who maybe come to Mohawk that maybe mm-hmm. don't live in that world of privilege. They're still mm-hmm. trying to sell enough t-shirts to pay for breakfast in the morning. Like, do if would they carry more weight to you living in that kind of environment versus, say, a Bruce Springsteen who's going to spend an hour on stage talking about his political views? I guess I would find I would find the latter more interesting and I would probably put more thought into where they're coming from. Um, but at the end of the day, like we all have our opinions and, and I like to think that we're all rational human beings that weigh lots of things when we form those opinions, even though I don't think it's true for everybody. It's probably not true for me all the time. You know what I mean? So I think they both carry just as much weight. My point with the, uh, with the super famous people and being in their bubble of privilege isn't, isn't that we shouldn't listen to them for that reason. It's just that I think a lot of times they're, they're given a really loud microphone or megaphone, you know, and their messages are amplified like crazy because of who they are. And I don't, I, I don't think that's right. I think it's just a product of media and the way we live in society and stuff like that. But I I would actually, I would rather hear more from the people that are grinding it out. Like I, I think I identify more of those people, you know, like personally. So let me, let me ask you this during the late sixties and early seventies, some of the loudest voices were in protest songs that Mm -hmm did make a difference moving forward and like looking more recently uh if you look at somebody like lady gaga Mm -hmm. who is very pro lgbtq um like she's made a difference for that community by being a vocal support to that community and like taylor swift coming out and saying that you know she believes in lgbtq plus rights and all these things like they're making a difference so should we like, I mean, I guess the question is, like, where do we draw the line? Well, I don't think we should. Like, I, I like to think that if I was a famous person, I would use my platform. Let's say I was famous in the, you know, I was the world's greatest um, ventriloquist. Uh, ventriloquist, yeah. Like, I would, I, I think, knowing who I am, that 
I would be using my ventriloquist doll to probably share my worldview, which is going to include, you know, that type. Like, I think I would do that, but I don't, I don't think that that my fame elevates me above anybody else. So I don't have any issue at all. In fact, I, I mean, I probably do like lose respect for people. Like if I found out one of my favorite artists was playing at a event for a political figure that I fundamentally disagreed with, like I would probably take issue with that. Like, you know, I'm not, you know, you can call it cancel culture, you can call it whatever the hell you want. Like I do want people to live by their ideals and I want them to have ideals. And the only way you know people have them is if they do some sort of action around them, especially if you're like a pop culture media type figure. So I think people should absolutely be able to do it. They can do it. I have no problem with that. I just don't understand why like they sway people. Like that's what I don't really get is why like, you know, people decided to vote for Kanye. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It's just bananas to me, but I just don't understand it. So that's okay. And I'm sure I'm closed minded in some ways. So. All right, Charles, what's your thoughts? So I'm just going to go back in time a long time ago when you're a rural kid and you think everybody thinks the same way about mm-hmm. everything. And then you really respect an artist and you see that there's other points of view and that can be really huge. You know, for me specifically, the REM. And I think maybe REM's stance on issues was personal, you know, like, you know, Michael Stipe is gay and things like that. But uh, it just had a huge impact on me when you hear no other points of view and you finally get to hear some fresh points of view. And it was, it was huge. I, and, I won't I won't lie I think I my worldview was impacted by like REM just a bunch of people nobody's you know singing about random stuff Mm -hmm. but had a huge impact on me and uh, I remember having a conversation with my older brother and I remember uh, we were talking about the cure and uh, I didn't like the cure because he was gay even I don't know if he is gay but I thought he was gay. He wore makeup and stuff. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, my brother, who is very conservative, at, you know, now and probably then too, was like, you know, like the, the weird people are the like, most interesting people. They have the most to say. They have a unique perspective and stuff like that. And I think just seeing like those different perspectives and seeing the kind of the world opened up to you, I think is super huge. I think it's different now. I had a limited source of information and, you know, I loved REM. So I was sucking up everything they said. Now you have access to so many points of view all the time everybody's found their points of view Mm -hmm. um but it was absolutely huge to me being isolated in a rural texas setting had a huge impact and i i I can't be thankful enough that you know like they kind of opened my eyes up to different points of view i think sometimes when you really respect somebody when they say something it actually means something and and that's kind of was was for me like the gravity of what they said it had a lot and you know i'm a kid i'm a fan or whatever i don't know if it was real respect or not but it had an impact on me and i think it was huge and right or wrong it had a huge impact on me and I don't know. Now, I mean, it's so different. I mean, R.E.M. was very activist. I mean, mm-hmm. they were like rock the boat. They were getting people involved and stuff. Uh, sometimes now people just, you know, you know, they don't have to do anything. They just yeah do a social media post or whatever, whatever they think at the moment. They just throw it out there and stuff like that. Where I think back then it, you had to be kind of deliberate about what you were doing and stuff. And, it, and you understood the impact it had. I don't know now if it, that's the same or not. And I, I know I sound kind of like a boat, but... Well, no, I I think it's a little different. So like, I think that it's almost there. 
I think we're a little jaded now because of the messaging and social media that we do see a lot of artists that I feel like jump on the bandwagon and tweet things, but you listen to their music and it's like, I mean, I mean, you weren't going to a lot of REM shows, right? right. So you were listening to their music and stuff yeah. like that. And I think that's a much bigger statement than just saying something, um, but I'm in favor of both. But like writing a song about something that you feel passionate about, if it's controversial, to me, I you're going to get a lot more respect from me because that's um, putting your money where your mouth is. So like Keith, like you always talked about the drive-by truckers and I never really liked them. And then they right. came out with their, their last album. And I listened to that and I was like, these guys have like a lot to say and it's pretty cool. And then I really started diving into their older, older stuff and, and they're amazing. You know what I mean? And I think that to me just speaks a lot more than, I don't know, somebody just posting something. And I, and maybe I should give kid freaking rock the same credit because at least he's like, didn't he just make some bullshit song about some stupid crap? About, I just, I like, don't know, you know, but he, like, he literally, this is my favorite kid. It's, rock story. Yeah. It's kind of a joke, but yeah. My favorite kid rock story is he has a bar in downtown Nashville on Broadway mm -hmm. and he showed up one night, got drunk and got thrown out of his own bar. And yeah, I loved, I loved every second of it. It was on the fucking news. Mm -hmm. I was like, it's the best fucking day ever. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's really hard because you take somebody like Ted Nugent or something like that. And maybe you're he's group. passionate about his shit. I he's fuck Ted Nugent, that motherfucker making me pay for his goddamn dinner that night. I, still don't, Ted believe, I still don't believe that story, but I, I believe that you believe that story. But, but I, <laughs> I, I try to reverse the role. Like what if you're a liberal kid in the big city mm -hmm. and you needed fresh perspective and stuff like that like maybe he offers that it's really hard for me i can't i can't see it yeah but i want to right i just i think like different perspectives are good it, absolutely and exposure to perspectives are good i think maybe they have a little too much influence mm -hmm. charles but can for i me it was enough you know if i look back at my family i i was brought up leaning left i'm no longer leaning left i'm so far left whatever but my father was inspired by Bruce Springsteen. My mom's side of the family was inspired by people like John Prine and Tom Petty and artists like that, that had these more, like my uncle on my mom's side was a union member. And so he, he really loves like a John Prine is his favorite artist. He loves Tom Petty, but like going back, he liked people like Johnny Paycheck. And shit like that, that were country artists that talked about unionizing and sticking it to the man and that, and that formed his worldview. And so it's very interesting seeing, and let, let me explain my mom's side of the family. Y'all met my mom. Just by meeting my mom, you can see where that side of the family, it, they're redneck. And they're, I don't see any shame in saying that. Like, there's, I'm part redneck. I get it. But it's very rare you see a blue redneck family. And most of that was stemmed from the music that they listened to. And they'll even tell you that the music that they listened to inspired who they are today. You know, I think one thing that's very interesting is we gravitated towards like music. I think music is different than all the other types of celebrities. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel like they're thinking about life. They're, they're making art. About and they life. should be. Their whole point is to yeah. share their voice. Yeah, Like exactly. to tell stories yeah. through their music. Yeah. And their perspective and yeah. stuff like that. Like never ever has like an athlete influenced me or, I mean, they're really good at football, but yeah. <laughs> I just don't, I know that's not really like their sphere of influence mm -hmm. let me like let artists, me ask you this well i got I, I have one that for actors yeah. 
Okay. Keith, sorry, I, I don't want to interrupt you. So, but like going back to the whole idea of like putting your money where your mouth is. So like, if you are, I don't know, like some, like if you're Taylor Swift, like it, she was putting her money when, where her mouth is when she, well, actually, I don't know enough Taylor Swift well, songs well, to really know. Well, but, this is what I do know about Taylor Swift. Yeah. Like she came, she had like a publicist and all this stuff and she had a huge demographic on the conservative side. Mm -hmm. that was oh yeah. And she basically, and she yeah. made a decision and she said, I'm fuck that side. Yeah, it's okay. I, yeah. This is how I feel. Yeah. And I'm going to put that out there and I know yeah. I'm going to lose half my listeners. So I'm going to throw a bone to Leonardo DiCaprio okay. and uh, what's her name? Um, she was in everything. She was in the one where she was with, ah, damn it, what's her name? She's like super good looking actress. Blonde. Emma Stone? No, she's in the, the movie Don't Look Up. That's like coming out on Netflix. Um, she was in Silver Linings Playbook. She was the, the lead in that. Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah, Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah. So those two, I, I don't know about Jennifer Lawrence, but Leonardo DiCaprio has been super like loud about his um, environmental views and things like that. And they just made this movie direct release to Netflix that is about like a comet coming to Earth. And we have like, I think six months to figure out something to do. And like, they're the scientists trying to get people to listen to them and like going on the news and like hearing like oh i this saw this i want to watch this i haven't watched it yet it might be a horrible movie in fact i bet it will be a pretty bad movie but to think about the fact that jennifer lawrence and leonardo caprio to like you can't get more a-list than that are doing a direct to netflix release about like an env environmental issue and I think the moral of the story is a tongue-in-cheek thing about climate change, about, you know, there's scientists screaming at us that this is coming, we need, to, we need to do something about it, nobody's listening. Like, to me, that's putting their money where their mouth is. Like, I kind of, you know, I, I appreciate that. Now, are there probably actors out there making super pro Second Amendment rights movies and things like that? And I, you know, that's fine. I appreciate that too, if that's what they want to do. Um, I, I like people putting their money where their mouth is. I agree. And like another artist or entertainer, if you will, that puts their money where their mar mouth is on a regular basis is somebody like George Clooney. Mm -hmm. Like he's obviously and quite frequently out there doing a ton of shit for every liberal cause he can find. And I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know where to go from here, but I mean, lots of people have lots of opinions and you should listen to good ideas wherever you hear them. You should listen to everything. They have bigger megaphones. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's something about being a celebrity. It does give you a bigger voice, but yeah. your neighbor could have good ideas too. Absolutely. So, and going like actors, when you get into Hollywood, I think it gets a little funky because I mean, I've, I, I went to a meeting in Leonardo DiCaprio's building, right? Where there was a whole, it's a, it's a national organization that Charles is very familiar with, might give a lot of tests every year and make millions yeah. and millions of dollars off that. Well, Leo lives in that building. And like, yeah. you know, he probably has a whole floor. So he's not necessarily living the environmentalist lifestyle. Like, you know, it's it's in it's in right to Manhattan, like lower, lower west side, I think. Um, so I'm not saying that we should listen to these people like they really know what they're talking about, but I, yeah. I give people credit for speaking out. So Stephen, one uh I don't know, Charles, you you're probably in the same boat. One of my earliest crushes was Danica McKellar. Winnie Cooper? Yeah, she spoke at one of our things last like what well, I guess it was two years ago. So like the work the, she does from uh No, she was Winnie Cooper from the Wonder Years. Yeah, she like she became girl. a mathematician and stuff like that. She does yeah. a bunch of Hallmark movies now. But she was an Asian girl. I don't think she's like Asian. He's crush. No, she's crush. not Asian. I don't think she's Asian. It doesn't matter. She's, okay. It's yeah. Winnie Cooper. Okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah, it's Winnie fucking out. Cooper. Uh, and yeah, I watch every Hallmark Christmas movie she is in. Uh, <laughs> I've never watched the Hallmark movie, and I'm perfectly fine with that. 
So, but like the work she is doing to bring STEM, like equality to girls, like it's incredible. Mm -hmm. And so I think that people that use their platform, I guess this is what I, where I end up is, are you using it for positive change or are you using it for negative things? Nobody thinks you're doing it for negative. Yeah, that's tough, Keith, because yeah, nobody, nobody's going to say I'm going to use it for negative things. So, and that's why I think, you know, I'm like a free speech advocate. Like I'm not out there saying like complaining like Joe Rogan and all those people like that every every criticism is cancel culture. But I mean, I think, yeah, I, I want everybody to do that. And I think people should use whatever platform they have. I think as a consumer of that information, though, you just have to weigh the source and evaluate it and things like that. I think there's probably a line at some point where, you know, if if there's people out there spouting neo-fascism and, you know, Nazism and stuff like that, like there, there's, there's a, there's consequences, right? But so that brings, that brings me to a good point, which is Q Aaron by Aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. and what he did recently on the Joe Rogan podcast and therefore after mm-hmm. Like he went from one of the most likable NFL stars to being one of the people that people are like, dude, that's Q Aaron. That dude's fucking weird. I think that'll probably fade away pretty quickly. And I think the fact that he just got a little slap in the wrist fine. And who was it? Antonio Brown that violated COVID rules, got suspended for like three games. I thought that was pretty messed up. Yeah. Unequal application of of, uh, consequences by the NFL. But I mean, but we shouldn't be surprised. Like, just because I don't name any actor or public person that I think is amazing. I don't know them personally. They could be freaking dirtbags. In fact, I hate to say it, but I kind of operate under the assumption that once you get rich and famous, it doesn't take long before you develop some dirtbag tendencies. Oh, I'm sure. Maybe maybe that's a cynical worldview, but. Well, no, I think for 98% of people, that's correct. I think for people like Tom Hanks, he's the 1%. But we don't know Tom Hanks. Like, we don't know Tom Hanks. I'm making it. He could kick his dog every time he goes to get a cup of coffee. We don't know. I could be making assumptions, but it's hard to imagine Tom Hanks being anything other than Tom Hanks. Well, but that's the thing, though. I don't, I do not need to like everything about Tom Hanks. I don't need to know everything about Tom Hanks, and I don't want to, but I can appreciate the art that he's been involved in. You know what I mean? Um, So, like, I mean, I can go back and watch a Charleston Heston movie, like the original Planet of the Apes or something like that. I'm not going to boycott all that shit just because I don't agree with his, you know, Second Amendment positions and stuff like that i will say that i'll boycott a movie that a sex offender has been involved in i agree with that i think i i think i agree with that especially going forward yeah but i really like woody allen movies yeah i really like woody allen movies i think he was a freaking genius and man that just shows how much because they all knew about that shit too yeah and they just kept giving him money but well i think everybody knew about harvey weinstein too yeah yeah well, let me ask you this. Okay, so American Beauty, I think, is a fantastic movie. What was yeah. the dude? What was his name? Kevin Spacey. Kevin Spacey. Kevin Spacey turned out to be a horrible person, yep. right? So yep. <clears throat> I would not contribute my money to purchase anything from Kevin Spacey going forward. That's my choice. I'm not saying that everybody has to you know, follow that. But I kind of have no issue watching American Beauty yeah. and appreciating the movie. It's just like, I don't, I'm not going to like go buy a ticket for something. He's, I, I think his career should be over. If you, if you work in like the public world, well, you know, you're trying to get people to love you. And if you fuck up and all of a sudden they hate you, your career is probably going to be over yep. and I'm okay with that. Yeah. 
Yeah, and, and it is funny. I brought this up when the first Aaron Rodgers thing came out about from the Joe Rogan podcast. And I told everybody who was freaking out, I'm like, don't worry. He'll throw three touchdowns on Sunday and everybody will forget it. Because that's it, sports is a completely different world. I don't know if it's right or wrong, but I don't judge athletes by their personal opinion. Mm-hmm. If if somebody's amazing on the field, like that's that's what I'm looking at. This is this is gonna sound very judgmental. Yeah. But I also think to be that good at a sport, you do sacrifice a little bit of classroom time. So Yeah, that's true. I'm I'm not going I and I'm no, not you're saying 100% all athletes are right. dumb because there's a lot that are brilliant. But I'm not. I don't, I'm not going to them for that type of. Yeah, exactly. It's now, so separate. You go to a music artist, someone who thinks about words and the thinks the about meaning condition. and thinks about the human condition. Like I'm going to listen to them a little bit more, but I'm also not going to like you know base all of my life decisions on what they say. But athletes, absolutely. I mean, no, like no. I I think Hollywood and athletes are. I mean, and don't get me wrong, like athletes do good stuff, like riding Black Lives Matter on their cleats when they're a white dude. Like that has an effect on certain people. But I I agree with you. Athletes with that kind of stuff might actually be able to have more influence because, I mean, how many people had to question their whether they want to maintain themselves as NBA fans over the past two years. And and I'm talking about like people that I would probably describe as like, well, if you're having this big of an issue, you might be a bit of a bigot, you know? But like how many people had to confront themselves with that? And same thing with the NFL. Um, so, I mean, I, I make fun of athletes, but I mean, and we talk about actually have more impact. I don't know. Do. We, like, we talk about our soccer teams all the time. And what I think all three of our teams take a knee at the beginning of the match against racism. And well, don't, whenever don't any, have? what's that? I think don't all Premier League teams do that? Not all. I thought, Not all. I, I, thought they, I thought it was a Premier League thing. There, it, it, it is, but what. And I'm not making this up. This is legitimately, if you go look up the most racist team in the EPL, it is Chelsea. Like their fans tend to be more racist. And there are three players on the Chelsea team that no longer take a knee because they don't believe in it. And to me, that's that's an issue. Like these athletes are trying to make a statement against racism. Half of your team is black and you can't be bothered to take a knee when well, Robin- I don't know. I mean, Lukaku is right next to you taking a knee. But just to play play devil's advocate, have we, like, I would be curious what their rationale is. Because I do, honestly, when everyone's taking a knee, it's no longer a protest, right? So it's like, I mean, I can can see them potentially arguing and saying this is an inauthentic protest. I'm not saying that's what they're doing. I'm not sticking up for them. But we should listen to them. Like, just taking a knee is performative if everybody's taking a knee. It, It matters when you're the only one taking a knee. That's yeah. when, that's that's when you're risking your career and self-image for what you believe. I I get that. And I'm not opposed to taking a knee. Like, you know, like I think it was kind of adopted the way the Premier League does it, how it seems Keith, honestly, I mean, I haven't seen anyone not take a knee in the Premier League at any games. It seems like they all do it. The announcers say, we'll now take a knee, that kind of thing. And it, it feels performative to me. Yeah, but it's still making a statement. It is, but it's. It's a accepted statement, which is good. It's not bad. Yeah. yeah. And I shouldn't, I shouldn't, I mean, soccer does do a lot. Like when their fans are caught yelling racist things, those motherfuckers get banned. Like, so I'm not, I, I, like, I have no Stop complaints. I think it's great, you know? Um, but again, like doing something outside the norm doesn't automatically make it bad. So like, I wonder what their rationale is. If their rationale is 
I don't believe in institutional or systematic racism, then I'm probably going to disagree with them. You know what I mean? But it, but I don't know what the rationale is because I haven't heard it. That's fair. And I know the rationale, but I've had like four beers and I can't tell you. So <laughs> uh, maybe that's something I'll bring up in the next podcast. Give me, give me time to look into it. All right, guys. Well, I think that was a good conversation. I think it's time to wrap it up for the evening. So uh, Stephen, why don't you take it along? Take it away with the uh, taglines for the night. Be the change your community, change the world. Fuck off. Okay, I'll make some shit up. Everyone has a microphone. They're not all the same size, but we'd be better off as a society if we all use our microphone to achieve the things we think is best. I would say uh, look for somebody who's doing something different than everybody else and go talk to them. Whether you agree or disagree, like they must believe in what they're what they're doing if they have to if they flow upstream. And, and that seems like a good conversation to have. I like that. And take it back to Q, Aaron. Don't be immunized. Get vaccinated. <laughs> I did get my booster the other day. Oh, I got my booster about a month and a half ago. It sucked for like a day, but I'm, I'm feeling pretty, uh, I can take on the world right now. It sucks yeah. so bad. So, all right, guys. Well, thanks for listening. And as always, cheers. Adios. Cheers. Peace out. All right, we hope you enjoyed that episode. And remember, we'll have our very special Festivus episode coming up shortly. It will be released on Festivus, which will be December 23rd. So get your roast ready. Get your feats of strength plans planned out. And make sure you have plenty of grievances to air. Our grievance is we don't have enough Patreon subscribers. So subscribe to Patreon, help us out, and we'll make a better podcast. Thanks for listening, everybody. Cheers.